Hey, everybody, and welcome to Turban Thinker. So you all know this show looks to inspire, motivate, and empower our audiences. And today, I'm telling you, we definitely have an inspirational individual. So this is going to be a mouthful because introducing her is, is not, not easy. It's uh, basically a creative talent. She's an entrepreneur, definitely an empowered woman, a noted photographer, an award-winning jewelry designer, and the founder of one of my obsessively favorite brands, Bil Arabi. I mean, you guys know me, and you know I love my jewelry. And so Nadine Kanzo, the beautiful Nadine Kanzo, is joining us today to inspire us with her journey, with her perspective on independent brands today. And today, I mean, today's world is going to be much, much more different than it has been in the past. So welcome, the gorgeous Nadine. Thank you so thank much for joining us. Thank you, Habib Tassil. Thank you so much for having me on uh, Turban Thinker. It's an honor and a pleasure. Um, Habib T. Thank, thank you for you. an amazing introduction. That's, uh, that's too kind. It's definitely not me. It's all about you. And that's really, I mean, honestly, Nadine, you're such a, you know, inspirational, beautiful person on the inside and the out. And I wanted the opportunity, you know, on, on Turban Thinker to talk a little bit about your journey. And I think that's the best place for us to begin. So let's start about how it all began. Well, it all began... Um... Almost 14 years ago, um, it all started uh, from a first exhibition I've done uh, uh, at the V&A Victoria and Albert Museum at the time in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a photography exhibition by uh, titled uh, Mean Anna, which means who I am. It started by a question and it was about who we are today as Arabs after all the political, uh, you know, uh, pressures we had being Arabs, not naming our kids Arabic names and all of that. So my body of work was about who we are as Arabs, about uh, our identity. And then it became from a question to something more assertive, who we are and not the question. Um, and from there, obviously, I, I, I used a lot of uh, clippings, a lot of calligraphy, a lot of um, words like hobby Arabi, like talk to me in Arabic uh, my future is Arabic uh, all these words kept on being in the back of my mind and asking myself how can I move even more uh, to a larger audience with my message about how proud we should be our, of our language of our heritage uh, so I found myself going into the direction of jewelry although I've never studied jewelry design but I've always loved typography. I've always loved calligraphy. I happen to have a nice calligraphy. So I, I've put this into use and um, I created something. I've created the first actually ring in gold uh, without knowing that the brand is going to be actually called Bil Arabi. Okay. Uh, and, and this is how it uh, kind of all started. I think, I mean, one thing when I was reading about you and I love is that it said that your constant thread in everything you do is about celebrating culture. And I think that's, you know, wonderful. Obviously, like you said, you know, you're celebrating your culture. And and I know for a fact that you celebrate, you know, all the cultures around you. So it's and, and you're, you know, an ambassador for that. So. Tell me a little bit about, um, you know, the challenges maybe you face because you say, first and foremost, you didn't come from a jewelry background. So that was one of exactly. the first. And then getting into this whole scene and, you know, about just the lessons that you learned 
things potentially you might have done differently. But let's just talk about the challenges and the opportunities, obviously, when you started this. Um, obviously, the challenges were that I've never done jewelry design, so I had to learn a lot of things uh, from the from this from scratch from the beginning. From you know something that I've never had, uh, uh, I would say, interest in, in in actually producing or working in. Obviously, I loved jewelry, but uh, it wasn't something that I looked at uh, as as a creative process uh, for me. Yeah. So I've, I've I used to go a lot to the workshops, see the guys how they were working how they're producing things uh, I would say up till today 14 years down the road I still have a lot of things to to learn because I use my jewelry a lot like um, sculpture I love the gold uh, yeah you can see less and less uh, um, actually you can see less uh, stones in my work uh, if you look at my previous work now obviously I've added color I've added uh, a different kind of calligraphy and all of that but the challenges were uh, to to know that industry and to start that business. The the good thing about what I've done, I think, is that I've taken this project as a project, as something that I wanted to express myself in. So it was not in a direction of a business. Okay, uh, so started so, from passion, basically, uh, and from your uh, own obviously, space. Obviously, and yeah. I think this is what made it successful uh, on the, on the long run because it's a creative process. It's something I love. It's something that I wanna. Uh, that I want everyone to 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 um, uh, to relate to when it comes to Arabic words and and the culture and all of that. So in that sense, I'm still learning. Uh, it's very much organically grown up till today, and probably we'll talk uh, uh, even more later uh, about the business side of things. Um, yeah, yeah. So so that that's uh, that's where we are today. Is like. Even today, it's still pretty much organically uh, grown business. And I, I think what you said was, you know, obviously when you're coming into whatever field it is, actually, I, you know, this, this whole approach of investing in yourself and spending that time to really understand the craft and the trade and the process, like you said, behind it, as opposed to assuming that you can just simply transfer the skill because obviously you Absolutely. are a creative yani you are creative all round so but like you said when you're going into a specific uh, art form or a specific genre that you really have to have that time to understand of how course. to apply your creative uh, genius uh, really because uh, honestly absolutely. you are Thank you um, so much. Absolutely. It takes it's a, it, it took a long time and still uh, learning, but uh, definitely um, um, it was a quite an interesting uh, journey up till today. I mean, do you think you would have done anything differently, even though you're still learning and it, like you said, it's still organic and it's going to continue to evolve best. And what would you have done maybe differently? Uh, there's two schools for that thought, actually, I, and I've always been uh, kind of in between. At the beginning, we start with our passions and, and uh, uh, a project becomes a business and then it has all what comes with it. Yeah. From finance and, and, and marketing and, and all of that. Uh, or you can either like keep on growing organically if you have the passion and, and if you have the creativity and being an artist, that this is where I think we will always keep on being more like creative and, and taking things organically rather than shifting totally to a business model and yes. and, do, and, and doing so. Or with time and age, 
you would say, oh, you know, at the beginning, I should have uh, automatically uh, gotten into a partnership or uh, getting somebody to, to finance all of this. I could have been here, there and everywhere. Uh, so you have these two thoughts. Uh, do you want to take things uh, easy? Yes. Working, but, but that's working hard, not easy as in easy. But, sure, sure. Uh, but on your own pace and uh, you will be always the master of your or your brand or do you want to go into the big game and bring people on board and, and do something else? Both are nice, I assume, and bo both are uh, successful in so many ways, but it depends on your, I guess, as an artist, on my personality, I took the road uh, maybe less traveled when it comes to the business side of things. Sure. And that, that kind of nicely brings me on to, you know, when we met, I, I spoke about my, my, uh, my business, one of my businesses, which is Salt, which supports all yes. local talent. And, you know, Salt has been now going on for around 10 years. Actually, it started 15 years ago with my passion for, for talent. And, and, you know, we support talent. And through pretty much like you're saying, what we kind of do is we'll come in and we'll guide them onto how best to commercialize their creativity, how to support them in merging this thing between business and creative. Because at the end of the day, it is very challenging for creatives to have a finance or structuring or business sense because of you course. are creative. And so, you know, how beneficial, you know, do you think that is to a creative to have that? Because it's not coming in just solely as an investor or partner and controlling. It's much more about guiding you to maintain your creativity, but enabling you to have a more business outlook smarter. Just it's, it's a smarter approach to how you're managing. Uh, I mean, I wish I knew about that earlier and I wish uh, 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 more people like you have, uh, uh, you know, come up with these ideas because I think a lot of people would have benefited from this. I would have probably uh, and probably I will. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, the thing is, when when you have a partner with you, uh, they need to understand you and understand your way of, of behaving or of creating uh, your days in and days out this is like for a creative this is very important we have a certain freedom that we like to keep to ourselves uh, I would say that I think almost all creatives and especially like artists uh, we don't want to be on a tight leash and this is where people are always afraid of partnerships or uh, of uh, uh, business partners or exactly so it's a very fine line isn't exactly. it exactly when you, you do to, bring in yeah yeah when you, you you have to have the right person with you, somebody who understands you and gives you that freedom, yet guiding you in the right direction without imposing too much. Because especially like if I would bring someone in today, 14 years down the road, the business has been successful. It has been growing uh, and, and all is great. Obviously, we can do more. But uh, if that person comes in, how would they benefit me without, you know, disrupting? Interfering of... with your brand integrity. Yeah. Exactly. And that's always a struggle. You know, we have <clears throat> we have this constant conversation because it's such a fine line when you're trying to, you know, bring in that commercial element to create a brand. And you almost have to sort of cocoon the creativity. And like you said, have that complete understanding of that creative somewhat creative control because you know i mean at the end of the day of course there's always a compromise and if you do want to 
if you do want to grow bigger and have a further reach, that means, you know, certain operational efficiencies have to step in the game. You have to learn to manage your finances and your investment. You know, there are elements, you know, there has to be some sort of gift to enable you to get to the other one. But it's like we're saying, it's that fine line of how do you do that? And so I know that, you know, uh, like you said, it is organic and predominantly your brand is in the GCC. Obviously, it's also on your, it's online. But so how, how difficult, and I, and I know I asked this question because we, we coach many of the designers in the Middle East and it has always been a big challenge for them to go international. This thing of, you know, how do you enter into international market? And I want to understand from you, why do you think that is such a challenge? Why is it difficult? And what are your ambitions for your brand? Um, if I look, if I look at uh, in generally about designers from this part of the world uh, trying to make it uh, uh, globally, most of the time it is actually the business side of things. It's not the lack of creativity, or sometimes maybe the product is not up to standards for global and international markets. Okay, yeah. so that needs to be tackled. This is from what I've seen around me, from designers around me. But if I want to talk in particular about Bil Arabi, uh, it, it has such a strong identity and it's an Arabic identity. And yeah. here, um, there's a, there's a, you know, people, people would buy Bil Arabi, but I think from the shows that I've been to uh, in Paris and uh, showcasing the brand, you can feel that even the buyers coming into these showrooms would love the brand but they're kind of afraid of carrying the brand because it has such a strong Arabic uh, identity. identity. It's, 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 it's very, uh, well, it's very ethnic, uh, which I totally understand. So, so we need to approach, like in my case, I need to see maybe stores that have a well-traveled, well-rounded um, people, people with an open mind to culture, uh, and these are the people who actually buy Bil Arabi uh, when when they're non-Arabs. Yes. So so th- this is the, the this is the thing. In my in my case, it's a bit tricky because it's very much in your face. Right. And, but... and this is this is where you see the last few collections. The Arabic is still there, but it's moving a little bit towards more abstract. So mm-hmm. we can reach uh, we can reach other markets. To a wider audience. So what yeah. are your ambitions and what are the markets that you're looking to get into? Um, I have no particular markets uh, as such, but uh, I would love to to be in, in key uh, places like uh, New York, London and uh, probably fashion some... capitals. Yeah, big fashion capitals, um, Italy eventually. Uh, but I think uh, New York, L.A., these are good places to be. And also a, a market for a brand like Bil Arabi would be uh, Asia, actually. Um, I, totally. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, I mean... And, and Brazil and, you know, uh, markets where you have a lot of like, um, you know, openness to, to, these, uh, to this culture. Yeah, I was going to say exactly. Openness to culture, but also when you look at your pieces, like you did say, I mean, they are pieces of art. So regardless whether you understand the language or not, just as a sculpture or art form, you'd want to own that piece because it just is art. You're appreciating the the lines, you're appreciating, you know, the work and the craft that goes into the sculpture that you happen to be wearing. So, 
you know, I think, yes, of course, starting in all of these global markets where they do have this sort of melting pot of traveled people who can exactly. appreciate, who can appreciate. Or so, even, even Australia. I mean, we have a huge Arab community that, uh, definitely. you know, they, they, want, they want a piece of their culture. And, you know, that could be also a place to, to look at. And I think, you know, again, that's going to really nicely bring, bring us on to the, the, the next subject that we're going to talk about, which is obviously, you know, the pandemic and the current situation that the whole world is facing. And, and actually to t- sort of talk on from that point, at one point we're talking about these global markets, but you know, Nadine, it's such a smaller world than we assume. And I think Absolutely. This, this situation has actually brought the world together. And I'd like to understand from your perspective, you know, how you feel this has affected you, first of all, personally, and then, of course, professionally? Uh, well, um, uh, well, personally, uh, I'm spending much more time at home. <laughs> so, of course, I should hope so. Stay safe, so, stay home. So definitely we're staying home, staying with the family, um, and, which is a great, uh, great thing, uh, actually, to spend time uh, with, the, with the boys. Um, on, on another level, it's uh, time for me to think, actually. Uh, I feel that in the last couple of years or even more, uh, we've been running and rushing and did not have time, the luxury actually to sit down and time. think yeah. and think, just think of nothing and anything and everything. Uh, so I, I pretty much in, uh, pretty much uh, enjoy that. Uh, as for the business, it's uh, definitely a struggle and it's like anywhere else and everyone else as well. Uh, we are looking more and more at uh, online businesses, which we are already, but still I think it's something that we'll be working more on uh, to for like to make it stronger so we can reach as you said the world and uh, it would be a good thing for us to 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 do that would be our way out actually yeah i think you know you and a lot of other businesses and also i mean yes you're you're trading online and you know that that which which will i definitely feel supersede sort of the physical retailing and it is certainly for the next 24 months you know there's going to be a lot of focus on online retailing and at the end of the day but what i find you know and as i as i sort of coach others and speak to others is even when you go on to this whole world of online, you know, people regardless, they still want, you know, you're dealing with a very emotional brand, a very personal brand, the story part of it. And there's always this challenge of how do you then sort of tell that story and how do you showcase it with the same passion than a physical retailing? So, you know, things to really consider are the platforms that whether it's your own personal one or the platforms that you do end up going on is, are they able to really relay? Because, you know, up until to date, online has been a space where it's just push, 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 you know, you're bombarded with product and that whole part of the storytelling or the brand essence is somewhat second. Absolutely. It is second. A lot of people go online just to shop and and they totally, almost these online platforms do not tell the story. As no, exactly. And, and when it comes to uh, luxury product and especially jewelry, 
um, the price point is very essential and people are not always like willing to to just spend money without trying things on right you, yeah you know so it's a bit of a tricky tricky uh, situation that's why i guess you know when you're looking at your online is you're thinking of the tools on how do you express all of that journey uh it's very important and it's going to be more important than ever because people I think, you know, like you said, you're sitting around and you're reflecting a lot and you're thinking. And I think this whole move towards, you know, sustainability or artisanal and crafts and things that have relevance and value. It's no longer this consumption, Nadine. I think people would have spent a lot of time, you know, thinking about what makes a difference for them. And your pieces are so beautiful because they are also investment pieces and they have that that emotion you know so I think they have a be- very personalized uh, aspect to them exactly is, uh, and you do bespoke right exactly exactly and so, so this, that's this an is, incredible yeah, that, way that's that's, that's an- uh, the the more if i would say this is what's attractive about the brand it's a headache but it's also the the good side of things when it comes to business because the model is based on a lot of customization um and this is a lot of work for us uh, in terms of a business. Uh, if I had just, uh, you know, regular kind of uh, jewelry, you would order your, uh, I mean, you would come in, buy whatever is there and, and leave. Either you like it or you don't. But with us, there's always the, you know, the extra <laughs> dimension. But I think that's why, you know, we're talking today because that's, this is your time. I really do feel, Nadine, you and the other brands that I will be talking to over the weeks, the ones that do offer that bespoke, that very personal touch, that story, that artistic, that investment. This is the time. And I and that was the prior to this, it was a difficult time for these brands because you're competing against this sort of mass kind of mindset. But now I really do, because times are going to be difficult, you know, financially, income, all of this is going to be challenged. So I do believe that Absolutely. this is the time people. You know, if people are going to invest, they want to know that they're invested in something that brings all of the above that we discussed, you know, in in that piece. So what would your advice be, Nadine, having had 14 years in the business and going through all of your learnings to the up and coming designers? And there's so many of them. So how would you guide them? Um, I mean, for I one not to lose hope, that's for sure, because as you said, the, the times are that are coming are more difficult. So you need to have a lot of patience and you need to keep on trying. You need to find a certain niche or a certain um, like something. USP. Yeah, something to 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 set you apart. Uh, so your DNA is very much strong and, and visible to, to your client and customer. So you're not like anything else they can find in the market. But the, the thing is just like you need to be true to yourself. You need to, to have that uh, love and passion for anything you do, whether a design, you know, any kind of business. I think this is where the success um, uh, lies. Is and when you never you give up, right? You've got no, to no, you on. should never. Yeah, you should. I mean, if you... I think if you love it enough, you will never give up. True. Exactly. Uh, this, this is what I always say. But a lot of people say, yeah, but we didn't, it didn't work. Yeah, I, I don't think you loved it enough. Yeah, you know I, what agree. I, mean? I agree. It is. It's, it's a labor of love, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you're convinced of something, even, even if you don't succeed, but you have a, like a personal satisfaction, you know? Yeah. And if exactly. that satisfaction is there, 
it's not about i mean in my case it's not about the money uh, it's not about uh, it's uh, obviously we like to see ourselves successful and and uh, uh, making it and all of that but it's not always the you know the thing that uh, that drives you no exactly i was going to say you know you, you have to define what success is it's not actually success from just the financial it's the success of having actually created developed and done something you exactly. know and, and 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 shown it to the world regardless of what the the outcome is it's that journey exactly. Exactly. it's the satisfying part isn't it and ability to share your talent that's that's the driving exactly book. exactly So what are your favorite brands and jewelry? I mean, you know, when you look out there, you think, gosh, this is this is beautiful and inspires you. Who who's out there I mean, with it? I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Bulgari. Uh, yes, and, and, and Cartier in their older days where they had all these retro uh, pieces. Yeah. I love uh, Tafin and I love uh, uh, David Webb. Of these course. are 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 four of my I would say four of my favorite uh, brands. And so if you were going to sort of be showcased anywhere in the world with these peers, where would the one place be that you think, oh, I just want to get my product in that door? Um, I would say New York. Anywhere specific? Bergdorf? No. No, uh, Bergdorf is cool, but uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not that. Uh... So, so to <laughs> no. all our, to all our, you know, our retailers or all our brand lovers out there in New York. So you heard it here, right? Anywhere in New York. Exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. And Nadine, on the last question, I'm going to ask you is basically after the lockdown, inshallah, gets lifted. Where's the one place you're going to go to, and why? Italy. Italy. Oh, fantastic! And why? Uh, one, I well, first I love Italy um, because it has a beautiful uh, scenery. It has amazing food, beautiful people, very friendly and very warm. Yes. Um, they are in touch with their uh, design scene, and yeah. it's something yeah. that I uh, really, really appreciate. So for me, Italy has everything. Where in and, Italy uh, would you go? I mean, anywhere you go in Italy has something specific and, and different. So. But my first step would be probably Milan. All right. Amazing. Well, inshallah, your uh, step inshallah. happens very, very soon for all of us as well. Thank you I so much, so. Nadine Habibti, for taking the time to share your inspiring journey. And I'm certain this is only part one because I'd love to really do another edition where we really get into your brand and, and you know, your ambitions. That would be wonderful. Any Anytime. It's a pleasure. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Nadine Habibti. Have a lovely day. You too. Take, Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.